Hey, Matt. Yeah, John. You there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I know. I'm still up here in, in, in Minnesota. How are things down there in St. Louis? Well, things are, are starting to warm up in St. Louis. No surprise there. It's, uh, you know, we're heading into July and uh, it's getting toasty. Well, you know, the snow is starting to melt up here, too. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. It's about time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I mean, we were talking about the extreme cold up here, but there are wonders. There are wonders up here. There are miracles up here that, that I just felt like I needed to share with all of our listeners. Well, well I'm glad to hear that. Good. I'm glad you're uh, enjoying the, the culture up north. Do, do you realize that this is the home of the mini donut I did not know that. It, it it is. You cannot go any place and not find mini donuts. That they, they, they are available at any any athletic event you go to. <laughs> Hockey, right? basketball, baseball. They all have mini donuts. They're available in the restaurants. The the, you, the movie theaters. We have mini donuts, and they are no a way. miracle of micro miniaturization. Matt, <laughs> incredible. One fifth the size. One fifth the size of a regular donut. How many donuts could you eat in a setting, Matt? Like just regular donuts? Like yeah, Saint, like regular. Saint, that's what I'm saying. St. Louis-sized donuts? Yeah, St. Louis-sized well, donuts. You know, if I was hungry, maybe two or three. Think about eating two dozen donuts in one sitting. <laughs> it's incredible. And, and with brown sugar, you know, uh, uh, cinnamon on them, and they're hot. They're, they come right out of the fryer and everything. That's how you stay warm in the winter up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We all huddle around the mini the donut donuts. fryer. <laughs> Now, I realize that people won't believe that down in St. Louis. They won't believe there really could be a, a, a donut, a mini donut like that. It's, so it's I have too good to be from, true. But I have someone from Minnesota at, to witness that. <laughs> now, I don't speak native Minnesotan, but, but he actually used to live in St. Louis. So he's fairly well accomplished when it comes to English. I have with me <laughs> my, my stepson, Tim Shakel. Tim, you want to say hi? Hi. And would you verify, Tim, that there really are such a thing as mini donuts? There are mini donuts. You can get them at many uh, fairs, especially the state fair. Oh, oh that's right. The best, the best of the all are, are the state fair. But actually, they, they've spread throughout the whole land up here. So there's a reason to come to visit us Incredible. in Northville, Minnesota. They sound like and, they sound more like mini miracles to me, John. They are <laughs> mini miracles. You just once you've had one, you'll never go back to the regular sized donut. But that that's the half of it. Next week, I'll talk about another Minnesota miracle. Oh boy, the giant, the giant cheese curd. We're on a mission from God. Something completely different. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, baby! <laughs> so we have the mini donut. <laughs> And yes. the giant cheese curd. <laughs> yeah, that next week we'll incredible. Do expose well, if, on the, the if, if that doesn't get listeners back next week, I don't know what will, John. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church, uh, right here in beautiful South St. Louis, where we have the the normal sized donuts, <laughs> plain old donuts. <laughs> and I'm Pastor Jolly John Lekupski, presently in Northfield, Minnesota, which, yes, it is the home, Minnesota, the home of the mini donut. Yes, yes. Um, and we have a special guest. <laughs> we 
we have a special guest with us today. As I said, I have my uh, uh, stepson, uh, Timothy Shakel, who is with us. Uh, and, and I thought this would be appropriate, Matt, because what are we doing today? Well, we are, well, not only are we bearing witness to many donuts, and I was thinking of, <laughs> Thinking that passage of, you know, having two or three witnesses, you know, the Bible talks about that. So you had your second witness to many donuts. Just to because I knew that. people wouldn't believe that you could make yes, a donut that I small. I, I knew that. I know, yeah. Too good to be true. But but the other reason we're glad Tim is here is because we are studying Timothy, Second Timothy in particular in the New Testament. And so I thought it would be appropriate if we had a Timothy talking about <laughs> Timothy. I think uh, it would be appropriate. <laughs> well, but, and here's an even better connection, because uh, uh, Timothy is actually a young pastor, just like the Timothy in the uh, the Bible was. Perfect. T- Tim, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well... I'm a young athletic uh, pastor. Oh, that's right. So, you know, but I don't know <laughs> if you know this, uh, but uh, he stole his name from me. Oh, is and, that right? <laughs> they don't know, but uh, he was time traveling to him. <laughs> Saw this good looking young pastor yeah. and said, hey, I like that name. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and where are you living at right now, Tim? Uh, my wife and I are living in uh, Prairie Lake. And and uh, uh, Tim, you're in kind of an unusual situation here because you're you you are a pastor, uh, but but you are what what's your status at this point? I think the technical term is inactive. Inactive, although that's not technically true because you've been doing a lot of preaching and stuff and filling in and oh right, but without the call, so it was still inactive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody out there that's looking for a good pastor, especially in the Minnesota area, we got one for you. <laughs> so. Um, Matt, I, I know you've got stuff because you're actually doing Bible study on this. Uh, but I'm going to give Tim, because Tim actually, get this, Matt, he read over the whole book. Whoa! <laughs> Something new being... to wrestling with the basics, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He actually did prep. <laughs> we're not used to that. Um, so, Tim, as you were reading over Second Timothy, I just thought we'd start with a question. What struck you in that passage as a young pastor yourself? What did you feel like was kind of the key thing in, in Second Timothy for you? Uh, for Second Timothy, I would say the key overlying thing there is God's word. Paul is, you know, nearing the end of his life. He seems to know it. And he is appealing to one of his best friends, Timothy. And he's, in part to me, looking at what he thinks is probably his successor, and he's just uh, paying attention to the primacy of the gospel, and it has to go out. And so he doesn't want Timothy to be timid, uh, but to proclaim it boldly. Cool, cool. Well, Matt, where did you want to pick up at? Yeah, I well, let's. I think last week, if I remember correctly, we got through a whole two verses. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh yeah, we were really we were, we were really, but it was a good discussion. And yeah, just to to, to reiterate what Tim just said, our our, our pastor Tim, uh, Pastor Timothy. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a, a nice summary of the the book of Second Timothy. And so, in that vein, you know, considering that this is paul's last words perhaps to timothy and i think paul well knows it he's in prison he's in chains he knows that the end is near nero's emperor he's not too friendly toward christians uh what does he want to get across to timothy and i think uh yeah i think uh, the timothy up there in minnesota hit the nail on the head the gospel itself 
and to persevere in the gospel and to preach the gospel. So with that in mind, and I think that's super important to have in mind that context, uh, let's go ahead and continue. What, you want to jump in with verse 3, verses uh, 3 and 4? Why don't we press on? Okay, I will take them two at a time then. Okay. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Yeah. And I think especially when you remember the uh, relationship, uh, I think uh, Pastor Tim just said that uh, they were, were best friends. And in some respects, yeah, yeah, exactly. They they travel companions. They work together. Uh, Paul had even seen to Timothy's circumcision. If that's not <laughs> being close to someone, I don't know what is. Uh, so <laughs> Closer than I want to be to you. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I'm glad you're up there in Minnesota, John. <laughs> A safe distance. <laughs> but you have uh you just you just can tell from you know every verse in this this letter really i think you see that that relationship and that closeness to the two of them um yeah i i think the one the one thing that really stuck out is is paul talks about his clear conscience uh that i i thank god whom i serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. You know, why do you think Paul talks about this clear conscience that he might I, I have? Tim, do you have any idea? Or? Well, I think it stands out in contrast to the false teachers, which he, which he talks about later. Uh, so he's saying that he has a clear conscience. In other words, he is uh, proclaiming, or he has proclaimed the gospel with a clear conscience to the best of his ability. And... That stands in contrast to the false teachers uh, who would have a guilty conscience. And it, he also uh, says, you know, in uh, stead with his ancestors, right? Just like the prophets before him. Yeah. yeah so was that, was that your take on that, Matt? Or? Yeah, well, yeah, I would say so. You know, I think that's a big part of it that, uh, you know, as as pastors and, you know, as, as God's people, uh, all Christians to have that, that conscience in terms of, uh, at the end of the day, to do what God has called us to do, to 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 follow Christ, right? To to share the gospel, and I, I think uh, I think you know perhaps another part of that clear conscience is just forgiveness itself. Um, you know, if if Paul is doing this retrospective of his life here, this is his last letter probably before he dies, and Paul knows the end is soon. I think uh, looking back even, perhaps even on his life as a Pharisee, <laughs> you know, persecutor of Christians who was murdering guys like Timothy uh, previously, uh, to know that he can have this clear conscience and the forgiveness of sins uh, for himself and that same forgiveness of sins that he's been proclaiming. Uh, you, you know, that makes per perfect sense to me, Matt, because if anybody would have a bad conscience, uh, you would think it would be the Apostle Paul. But, but that's how the gospel uh, has totally transformed his life. And, and uh, as, as Tim said, that's, that's why he can have a clear conscience, too, because he's not muddying that forgiveness like the false teachers were doing. So really, I think it's all about the gospel. So the, the gospel message in Christ, knowing that Paul is totally, completely forgiven. That former way of life where he persecuted Christians, killed Christians, that, that is forgiven. Uh, but then on the other hand, it's, it's all about the gospel in the sense that that's what Paul's been proclaiming in, in contrast to the false teachers and to others. Uh, it's He's proclaimed Christ 
it, it wound him up in chains. It wound him up in a, du- a dungeon. It wound him up in in uh, facing his persecution. But guess what? Even in the midst of all that, his conscience is still clear. He's at peace, even in even in chains because of the gospel. So, yeah, I think it's the gospel through and through that gives that peace and that clear conscience. You know, that strikes me in a couple of ways, Matt. Uh, uh, first of all, I mean, if, if a guy like Paul who actively persecuted Christians can have a clear conscience, then I guess maybe I can too in the forgiveness of sins. Um, now I forgot what the other thing was. So <laughs> here's my question. What about the tears? What, 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 what's he talking about the tears? What, what, Tim, do you have a take on that? What's the tears? Uh I'm not sure, certain, and what I read uh, prepping for this, I guess yeah. you guys don't do this prep work, but uh, <laughs> neither are a bunch of other smart commentators. Oh, okay. Some point back to, what was it, Acts 20, when there was some uh, event there, uh, others just maybe the last time that they were together, then they departed, so you know, he just misses yeah. them, so that's yeah. an option, but uh, other otherwise... For sure, it's personal, right? Yeah. It's something that they both recall, and uh, that uh, when he says it, that Timothy is going to say, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I was there." And so you can, you, you know, it does show how deep the relationship goes. Is that you know, you have, you know you've got tears that they shared, and that's what I love about this, don't you, too, Matt? That, that this is not just some theological dissertation that Paul has given us, but this is a very personal relate letter he sent into this guy who's going to be he talked about the ancestors but he's going to be the ancestor now and, and timothy's going to go ahead and, and and take this teaching so yeah yeah because i mean you see the affection that paul has for timothy he says i remember you constantly in my prayers night and day but then I think in the, the tears of Timothy, you, you also see that that affection's mutual, you know, that Timothy is wept. And we, we don't get the details like, like Tim just pointed out. Uh, but at some point, as Paul and Timothy parted, it seems there were tears shed by Timothy. So it's this mutual care and concern and love for each other as brothers in Christ. Um, and, and even more so knowing that that day is drawing near when Paul's earthly life is going to come to an end. So you want me to read on, Matt? Or yeah, I mean, I, I just would encourage, you know, uh, you, you know, the I would just encourage going back to that clear conscience and the forgiveness of sins that, you know, when our listeners, when you lay your head down at night, um, whatever has happened uh, throughout that day or, you know, in, in the past weeks or even over the course of a lifetime, uh, be assured of that same clear conscience, because the, the one who made that conscience clear for Paul Jesus Christ, the Savior, is the one who makes our consciences clear. And, and if, if God can forgive a, a rotten guy like Paul, uh, he can certainly forgive a rotten guy like like uh, like the three of us on the air right now and, and whoever might be listening. So that same clear conscience is ours, too, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, all because of, of the gospel. Matt, I'm going to throw you and Timothy a question that just popped in my mind. When, when Paul says, as I remember your tears, and we discussed that, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Do you think Paul is anticipating seeing Timothy there in prison in Rome? Or is he talking about what's going to happen to all of us uh, after we die and our reunion in heaven? Tim, you got any opinion on that? Or? I would immediately think that he's thinks that he's going to see, or he's calling for Timothy to come there immediately okay. physically in that historical time. Yeah, And you kind of get that. Uh, feeling towards the end of the letter uh, and you kind of assume that he makes it there. That is, we assume that Timothy makes it there, you know, before Paul dies, you know, there's no 
biblical evidence of that, but we just assume that that's true. But, you know, you could say both are true. Maybe it's a double entendre, but uh, approaching death, I would assume that he, you know, he wants his close friends nearby. So that, I would think that would be the immediate thing he's thinking there. And yet, like you said, the, the neat thought is if that doesn't happen, I am going to see you again, and we will be filled with joy when that happens. So anyway, that just just struck me there. Matt, how far do you want me to read now? Uh, let's uh, well, let's press on here to, uh, well, you want to go through verse 7? Yeah, man, I must say these are some of my favorite verses in the book. All right. I, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You there, Matt? Yeah, Matt. <laughs> was it so profound it just left you speechless? I, I was just, I was just, yeah, it was the mini donuts. It was just a trip. Oh. I was just thinking back to no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is. We're, we're, I'm sorry. We are doing we're, a we're show, trying, We're still trying to get used to this distance thing. It's it's okay. a learning curve for me. All right. All right. But uh, well, yeah, I, I love these verses too. You said you liked them, John, and now, yeah, I I, I agree. Um, we uh, we hear about these two uh, people who were very influential in Timothy's formation as a Christian, and certainly even as a pastor. And and who are those two people that? Um, are now in the pages of Holy Scripture that Paul mentions by name? Well, his mother and grandmother, right? Uh, right. Eunice and Lois. And to have that influence for, on Timothy's life. And as you read on in chapter 3, he even says from childhood, or you might even say from infancy, they've taught you these things. So I think there's a beautiful example here of that vocation of, of a parent and a grandparent that importance of teaching the faith, that faith formation, uh, so early in life, and the tremendous influence that it has on Timothy's life, but that the influence it can have on any child's life. And I think especially of of uh, a number of people that I serve uh, over at Ascension, where uh, maybe maybe dad's not all that active, but it is mom stepping in, and she is bringing that child to church and Sunday school and, and teaching in the home. Or maybe both parents are kind of disengaged from uh, teaching the faith, but it's grandma or grandpa that have really taken up that job of teaching the faith and bringing that grandchild to Sunday school and to worship and all those wonderful things. So I, I think that there's an example laid out for us and an encouragement for us uh, in Eunice and Lois and uh, the influence they had on Timothy and the way in which God can work through parents and grandparents today to pass on and instill the faith. It's it's touching to me why it's one of my favorite passages is because I would not be here today having this discussion with you if it wasn't for my grandmother, yeah. Anita, our granny, as I called her, because she was just a faithful churchgoer, really active in the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. And honestly, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be a pastor, and I don't know if I'd even be a Christian if it wasn't for her. So, yeah, it, it, like I said, this brings back fond memories. I, I know, Tim, I, I, I'm married to your mother. <laughs> and I'm sure she had a profound effect on your choice to be a, a pastor and all that, right? Or am, I, am I assuming things aren't so? I don't know. You're definitely right about that. In fact, I would say that's the most profound thing in my life would be my mother's influence on my life and you know more profound than going to sunday school uh or anything else you know just 
her reminding us everything in terms of the Bible. You know, you did this wrong, but this is why from the Bible, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, the, yeah, I would say that would, I agree with that. So Matt, who, who was significant in your life that you ended up being a, a young pastor? Matt Youngblood Clark there, yeah. Well, sure. I, I think, you know, for, for me, it's, it's first and foremost in the home and, and my parents and uh, give thanks to God for them daily and uh, the, the blessing they continue to be in my life and in the life of my children now as they're now the grandparents. Um, so first and foremost, in terms of, of human influence, yeah, them. Uh, but then I think the wonderful thing is, too, that, that just the, the church at large then, um, how uh, the, the body of Christ then I think even influences and shapes Christians and raises up future pastors. Um, it's that influence of, of Lutheran schools and Sunday school and church and worship and youth group and, and extended family certainly, too. Uh, but I, I just think of all the many ways, the many avenues through which God does that through the body of Christ. But but yeah, first and foremost, in many ways, it's the home, right? And uh, family and, and extended family that does that. And you know, just just blessed to, to grow up in a home where that was instilled from day one. And I think it's cool for all of our listeners to realize that God is using them in the same way. And I think in a lot of these instances, maybe we don't even know that we have influenced someone. Uh, and yet uh, the faith we have, and as we live that faith out in our lives, it does. It, it really does have an impact on people. And then that's pretty much how the church has grown. That's how it grew here in the uh, the Bible, and that's how it continues to grow today. And I think, so, Matt, what were you? What, what were the things that struck you about these verses? Well, I, I think you know the one thing that strikes me too is um, that, uh, and with about three minutes to go, it looks like you're or, or so. Um, the one thing that struck we're me, having too much fun, Matt. That, I know, I know, I know. I'm just giving you a heads up. I, <laughs> I've got the sure. fancy timer here in the studio, but anyway, <laughs> the, I, what strikes me too is what's not mentioned, right? So okay. Paul mentions by name Eunice and Lois, mother and grandmother, but who's not mentioned by name? Oh. Uh -huh. Well, who would you yeah, expect no to be mentioned? No dad or yeah. grandpa, right? Yeah, yeah. So Timothy's father, a Gentile father, and and perhaps you know, perhaps not a Christian, right? Um, and and doesn't seem to be a Jew, uh, the very least. Um, so I think you know maybe encouragement too for you know single parents that are listening, or uh, parents where maybe one spouse doesn't really support. You know that that instruction in the faith, uh, there's there's still hope, right? And uh, it may not be easy, but uh, certainly God worked through mom and grandma in Timothy's life, and and He can work through uh, whatever family situation it might be today as well. So you know, take heart um, from uh, God's work in Timothy's life uh, in this uh, special, unique family situation. And and I think we all have people in our family that. Maybe you're not in strong in faith. Maybe we're not even sure whether they have faith or not at this point. But I think it's encouraging to remember all of that is in God's hands. And I, I think sometimes, Matt, those things don't get resolved until we've already left this place. Uh, we've gone to heaven. But but that joy of knowing that you know, God will take care of that. And we'll see these people and rejoice together with them, just like Paul said earlier. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think reason to take heart in these words. Yeah. Well, Matt, any final words? Well, I thank guess, you, Tim, for being with us. Yeah, thanks, Tim, for being with us. And, uh, you know, there, there's yeah. lots more here, and, and we might want to pick up with these verses a little bit. And that whole idea of laying on of hands, you know, we've got three pastors oh, here on the show, and we can, you know, one, the world is 
laying on of hands and what does that look like so um anyway but yeah good episode and thanks tim for joining us we appreciate it well, thank you and don't forget the giant cheese curds next week all right that is reason enough to tune in next week and listen to wrestling with wrestling with the, the basics, basics.